We didn't talk about your drinking at all. <laughs> well, sometimes we don't need a drunkalog, Don. No. <laughs> it's all about the solution, right? That's what it is. Comes together. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Sam, what's the most exciting time of the month? Well, duh, my home group business meeting. No! The new Grapevines are here! Woohoo! This month's topic is getting into service. It's full of inspiring stories like 90 Cups of Love by Tom L. in Albany, where making coffee made him feel part of the meeting. Greg S. in Hartford, Michigan, tells about the gang talking in the truck, traveling to out-of-town meetings. He got four meetings that day. He says, one in the truck on the way to the speaker meeting, another one at dinner before the meeting, still another at the actual meeting, and finally, we had another one on the long drive home. That happened to me last night. I went to speak out of town with my sponsee who rode with me. We had four meetings. That's a lot of recovery, Don. I mean, y'all might be overdoing it. I am recovered. <laughs> Every month, there's a little box in the magazine with a possible discussion topic for meetings. And this month, it's, what was your first service position in AA? What has been your favorite one so far? What are some things you have learned through doing service? How has it helped you in your home or work life? Have you done any service outside your home group for the district or area? Share what you've learned. Yeah, I always hate that awkward silence in a discussion meeting where it goes, well, I don't have a topic. It's your meeting. Somebody come up with a topic. Oh, yeah. And of course, everybody was talking like crazy before the meeting started yeah. when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might use this topic at yes. a discussion meeting. Another story, Tales at Sea by Carla M. is about the Friends of Bill meetings that are found on cruise ships. I love a story about road rage, and a member in her meeting shares something that she heard in a meeting. Rather than cussing them out, why don't you bark at them like a dog with a, you've got to be kidding me face? I tried it. Woof, woof, woof. I burst out laughing. You cannot keep an angry face when you're barking at someone. And then she goes on to say, then she had us all try it in the meeting. It's true. Try it yourself. Woof, woof, woof. I'm going to try that on, Don. I am totally going to do that. <laughs> Turn your rage into a comedy skit. <laughs> Well, Sam, who's our guest today? Don, today's guest is Christina S., the author of Confessions of a Spreadsheet-Loving Nerd. Ooh, <laughs> my kind of people. All right. Her story's on page 20 of the March 2023 issue. But first, the news. <laughs> Grapevine Instagram photo contest. Send us your most striking photographs that reflect the joy of living serenity, and other sobriety themes. Look for Alcoholics Anonymous underscore GV on Instagram. Also, a brand new Grapevine app is coming. We'll keep you posted here, and you can check out aagrapevine.org for more information. We've seen a bit about it, and it's going to be really cool. I am excited about this upcoming Grapevine app. Yeah, me too. It's tweaking the nerd in me. <laughs> I think we've got a theme today. Is it, is it nerd or? Oh, no, it's service. Yes, yeah, service. Yes, yeah, service. Okay. okay. 
We could see if we can talk to our guest nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Now a word from our sponsors. We don't have sponsors? What are you thinking? Oh yeah, we don't do the commercial sponsor thing. Since the grapevine is self-supporting, we don't sell ad space in our magazine, on our website, or in our podcast. Grapevine doesn't even accept donations from AA members. If you want to support Grapevine and this podcast, visit aagrapevine.org slash store. and I'm an alcoholic. I am a fellow nerd as well. Um, my sobriety date is November 13th, 2011, and my home group is the Keep On Stepping group down in Friendswood, Texas. Christina, my fellow nerd. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here with us. <laughs> I like the way nerds are so popular. When I was in high school, nerds were not popular. <laughs> Nerd was a cut. It was not a moniker you wanted to claim. No. <laughs> but now we can. Well, Christina, what was going on with you that made it AA seem like an attractive thing to do? So I know for me, when I first came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I wanted nothing to do with you guys. Um, I was really here to get the husband off the back and get the kids to quit freaking out every time I left the house. I ended up working 12 steps with my sponsor and I had a spiritual awakening. She made me find a home group. And in that home group, there are three legacy groups. Everyone in that home group serves at some level, right? They're going to serve up at the group level. They're going to serve at, down at the district level or even down at the area level. What does a three legacy group mean? It means that we focus on recovery. We focus on unity. And we focus on uh, service as well. You said everyone that's a member of that group holds a service position of some sort. Correct. Whether it's way up at the group level, whether it's down at the district level, or whether it's down at the area level. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. What was going on with you that made you want to come to AA? I received a DWI from the great state of Texas. I went to court and they said, we're going to put a breathalyzer in your car and there's no drinking while you're out on bond. And this sense of fear welled up in me. Like, what am I going to do if I can't drink um, while I'm out on bond? As I was driving home, I said, God, what do you want from me? I swear to you guys, I heard it was almost auditory. Something say, you need to go to and I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. Not going to happen. But I could not get that thought out of my head. And so I went online and I started looking up meetings and I found a 3.30 meeting and I sat in the back of the room and I crossed my arms. Of course, they called on me. And, uh, <laughs> so I said, even though I, steam was coming out of your ears. <laughs> and I said, I'm Christina. And I'm not an alcoholic. I just didn't know where else to go. Oh, and that's where wow. my journey started with Alcoholics Anonymous. And who knew that that girl in the back row with her arms crossed, who wanted to be anywhere but there, would find a life better than she could ever imagine. 
you kind of described a bit of a spiritual experience and that some voice outside of yourself suggested you go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Did you have a belief in a higher power or in God before coming to AA? I did believe in God, but I was pretty certain he hated me as much as I hated him. That was really my concept of God when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous. And the amazing thing is Alcoholics Anonymous gave me the ability to find a God that I could do business with, that it Uh didn't have to be the God of my parents. It didn't have to be the God of my friends. It didn't have to be the God of even my husband. Y'all gave me the ability to find a God that I could do business with and uh, could keep me sober. I love that. A God that I could do business with. It's like a higher power that will meet me where I am, that we can do what we need to do. Absolutely. What step were you on when you had a spiritual experience? At the ninth step is when I felt that I joined Alcoholics Anonymous, that all of a sudden it didn't feel like every single day I wanted to drink. Ninth step made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Yeah, that's the one. It revolutionized my life. It allowed me to look people in the eye first time to not be feel shame or guilt for the things in my past. It was almost like a new lease on life, right? That's what the ninth step gave me. Yes. That was my experience too of doing my ninth step amends. I found that I could look the world in the eye. I love that you described that because that's my experience as well. I wasn't ducking and dodging. I was not avoiding people. I was able to look them in the eye and talk with them. And wow. Yeah. Without going into too much detail, can you describe an amends and that effect? Absolutely. Um, I was making amends to my daughter. So I had to make an appointment with her because that was my sponsor's role is even if they live in the house with you, you need to make an appointment with them because it's more about um, not inconveniencing them as you've always done. Respect. Yeah. So I made an appointment with my daughter. How old was she? She was 14 at the time. So I let her know that it was wrong of me to scare her so badly when she would try to wake me up and think I was dead because I was passed out. I asked her if she could forgive me and then asked her what I could do to make it right. And what she said to me was, is, oh, mom, just keep doing what you're doing. So today people ask me, why do you still go to meetings, right? Why do you still serve Alcoholics Anonymous? Why do you still sponsor women? And it is because I'm still making my living amidst my daughter. I promise to her in my ninth step to continue to do what I'm doing. And that's what I'm, I'm doing it as part of. Now, the amazing thing is, is that I really enjoy what I do, but um It is part of my ninth step as well to her. That's beautiful. I want to quote a line out of your article or a a few lines out of your article that I just absolutely, I had to highlight on. My whole life, I'd been trying to hide a secret, a secret I was sure would cause everyone to run away if they knew the truth about me. That secret was that I'm a nerd, a spreadsheet loving policy and procedure following nerd. Here was a group of people who were using those kinds of strengths to give back to the fellowship they loved just as much as I did. That description of you finding other people in general service and it clicking, I've got goosebumps right now. I mean, it's just like it's working for me. What got you going in general service that clicked? Because it started off with a coffee pot, right? 
Absolutely. And it was really sponsor suggested that I start talking to people, right? So I started making coffee because it was just easier to talk to people that way. But I've had my spiritual awakening, right? After starting my ninth step and continuing on 10, 11, and 12. And my home group, I was almost a year sober, needed a general service representative, a GSR. And so I was elected as the general service representative. How long do you have to be sober to be a general service representative? That is a really good question, but it is up to each individual group. Service manual does suggest two years of sobriety, but each individual group can decide how long their general service rep should be sober for. Yes, because each group is autonomous. It is true. (laughs) Yes. And thus began the general service work. So yeah, did you read the service manual at that point? Did you even know it existed? I did not know that it existed. <laughs> um, <laughs> my home group has some very clear cut suggestions of what their general service rep should do. And what their thing was is I needed to go to a district meeting once a month. And I needed to go to the area assembly once a quarter. So if I couldn't do it, that I should not stand. But if I was going to do it, I would need to do those two things. So I show up to the assembly my first time at this area assembly. And I see all these people up at the podium speaking. And they all know what they're talking about. And they have their policy and procedures out. It was literally like I had found my place in alcoholism. <laughs> anonymous, you know, that as well as sitting in a room waiting for a newcomer to come in, I could go out there and give back to Alcoholics Anonymous. And hopefully the Alcoholics Anonymous that I got to walk into will still be around for years and years and years to come. Yeah, we need people to organize. And some people don't have those uh, skills and inclinations. And like I don't. (laughs) But I'm, I have a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> well, and we need the general service side of things because I, I love this simple definition that my service sponsor gave me years ago about general service. General service is all the things that make direct service possible. And direct service is one alcoholic working with another. My sponsor tells me that it is our responsibility as members of Alcoholics Anonymous to go out into the world and let them know what Alcoholics Anonymous is, um, what it isn't, and how to reach us. That as members of Alcoholics Anonymous, that's our responsibility. Indeed. So your journey into the general service realm really caught fire when you went to that first assembly. And since then, you've done a lot of work in general service, yes? I have. I've been the general service representative. I've also been a district committee member, um, District 81 in Area 67. That's kind of the chairperson of the district. Absolutely. We get all the general service representatives together along with service committee chairs and discuss what we think we can do to carry the message to the still suffering alcoholic. I want to jump back to uh, when Don and I were talking at the beginning of the podcast about that topic suggestion. And I want to ask you, what are some things you have learned through doing service and how has it helped you in your home or work life? Ah, So service for me has really given me an opportunity to practice life skills, right? So I can go into 
uh, the area assembly and maybe not have a clear understanding of what I need to say or how I need to act. And y'all gently and lovingly show me through your actions how to behave and act out in the real world. So that when I go home and that when I go to work, it's easier for me to behave and act like I'm loving and like I'm caring. And when I act that way, I become loving and I become caring. I become a good mom. I become a good wife. I become a good employee. That's one of the main things that general service has given me. The other thing is that really during the hardest times and trials, right? Bill says in the big book, uh, certain trials and low spots, general service has given me a job. Even though sometimes there's those certain trials and low spots, it gives me the opportunity, say maybe if I am having one of those trials and low spots, it gives me the opportunity to look forward to something, something back to give back. I've heard that put in terms of these are the things I put between me and a drink. And Absolutely. Yeah. I and so the commitment to chair my home group, the commitment to make the coffee at the beginning, those easier commitments. And then if you were to move into service work, the, those commitments are things I have to walk through to start drinking again. And there's times in the time that I've been sober where I've wanted to drink again. Yeah, And I don't want to give this up or I don't want to let these people down are powerful. Absolutely. You know, I'm one of those drunks that was most comfortable. I still am in the kitchen at a party. You know, I don't think that's all of us. I think that that's a good handful of us or more are that type of alcoholic that just I, I fit in at a party when I've got a job to do in the kitchen or something like that. Absolutely. If that's you, then you might be interested in general service. Absolutely. When you don't want the spotlight on you all the time, uh, general service may be the right fit for you. And it gives me something to do, a, a task. I love that you said that yes. you've got a job. Yeah. And that sense of fulfillment, of purpose, of having something that is of service in this world, of the for the greater good. It's not just for me. Now, am I doing it? fully unselfishly? No, I'm getting something out of it. But it's a fantastic experience. I didn't know that I wanted to be useful or to feel useful. And Alcoholics Anonymous has given that to me. It gives meaning. That's where the meaning in life comes from. The first time I was GSR, I was about two years sober. And I thought, well, this is great. I am glad that there are all these people who enjoy doing this. This certainly isn't for me. Because I'm not a spreadsheet person. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a nerd, but it has nothing to do with spreadsheets. <laughs> now I'm a GSR again, many decades later, and I am attracted to what goes on at the assembly, what goes on at the area. And I see clearly how it's all connected together to help the still suffering alcoholic. But I am in awe of these people who are able to use their computers and organize themselves and organize events and organ because I'm terrible at organization. I'm ADD and can't focus. But I got to interrupt here, Don, because you don't have to have all that. And look, you're still being of service in the general service realm of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
you don't have to be an IT nerd, a computer nerd to do this work. We need people who aren't. Well, that's good because I'm on the web committee and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying. So what would you say, Christina, to someone who is not attracted to it, who finds it daunting and not for them? There are people even in my home group that don't necessarily love doing service. It's not like me where I'm so enthusiastic about it. What they've shared with me are a few things. The first one is they know that it's a two-year commitment and that if they can take a two-year commitment, they start stacking uh, years together, right? Which in turn means that they start stacking sobriety together just by taking two-year commitment at a time. The other thing that they have shared with me is that even if they don't love it, they love the people in service. So once they get into service, they find their friends, they find their their family, and that's what keeps them coming back. And I would even say, very similar to what Sam said, service is for everybody. There's always some niche. It's somewhere in service that you can give back, right? For someone who's shy, they can give to Alcoholics Anonymous through service. For someone who is boisterous, they can find a way to give back in service to Alcoholics Anonymous. Someone who is organized can give back in service. Someone who is not at all organized can give back in service. There's always something somewhere for us to do. 100%. Don, you've got this fantastic creativity about you and your artistic skills. Trust me. You don't want me doing that kind of stuff in general (laughs) service, but you'd be fantastic at helping to come up with flyers and things like that and ideas for getting the word out, the message out that something is coming and here's how this works and things like that. I volunteered to to run a newcomer GSR orientation meeting. I don't know how that's going to play out, but we're going to see because I am Mr. Enthusiasm. So. Is there something that happened in the last month in AA where you really felt connected and felt the spirit of AA in a different life right here, right now? Funny that you should say that. My dad actually came into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and he's about to hit two months sober. When I walked into a meeting, I did not know he was going to be there. And um, I saw my dad sitting across the table The thought came to mind that, wow, for my dad to have this life that I've had would be just amazing. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. What was your impulse when you saw him? Was it like, oh, I I better not talk to him. I don't want to say something on drive away or like, oh, my goodness, I want to go up and hug him. I mean, both all at the same time. So um, (laughs) I was actually pulling out a chair to sit next to one of my friends I looked at the table and then I looked at her and I went, oh my God, that's my dad. And she said, what? (laughs) (laughs) I went over and I hugged him. But Uh during the meeting, my whole thought was, should I be here? Is it going to hinder him, you Uh know, from being so it was that confliction. So I decided it would be more awkward for him if I left. So (laughs) he knew you were in AA. He did. 
but he didn't reach out to you. We can't help family members. It's really difficult. It is really difficult. But my husband is actually also an Alcoholics Anonymous, and he had reached out to him through text. But my husband never said anything because an anonymity, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. That's powerful stuff. I love that. Christina, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We have a little time to play a conversation that Sam and I had while waiting for the guests to arrive. Yeah, I just got off the phone with a newcomer who he said he's got a sponsor, but he didn't want to call him to bother him. Because <laughs> um, we don't want to bother people. <laughs> and he said, he, this is his second weekend. He said, but I just can't take another weekend where all I want to do is drink. I can't stand it. I don't, I've done everything. I've mowed the lawn. I've done everything. And, and I've got to drink. And I was going, okay, okay. I started talking about alcoholism, what it is, how we stay sober. He doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I gave them, it's right out of the book. We have a disease and if we drink, then we crave. And so all we got to do is not drink, <laughs> but we can't not drink because <laughs> it's a disease. And I don't know what it is, but I could feel the relief coming over him. Yeah. You know, we talked about half an hour. I had to cut it off because of a podcast, but I gave him some resources, other things to listen to, some podcasts to listen to. Of course, okay. I gave him this one. And- <laughs> you know, and calling people is one of the best things that we can do, right? It, and it's so hard to do because he was, oh, God, yeah. He was talking about being a man and it's like, I, I should be able to take care of this. And I was like, that's it. You got it. You nailed it. No. That's where I had to give up. It's the weirdest thing. It made no sense. Surrender to win. That made no sense to me. And it's so true. It's that thing of, I should be able to bulldoze my way through this. I should be able to do this. Be able to handle it. I was at the men's meeting this morning. This is not something that goes away by being sober. There was a guy there 30 years. He's got medical problems and he doesn't want to share it. He doesn't want to talk about it with anyone. Because it would be weak. And that's where I've got to give up. Why is it that giving that up and sharing my vulnerability with the group? I mean, I think it's AA. You've got to do it in AA. I don't know that it works everywhere. Maybe it does. I don't know. Well, you know, that's where, I mean, and this could become like a big thought experiment and all that kind of stuff, which we're not going to go down. But I think it is one of those things that, yeah, it could be everywhere. But particularly in American society and Western society, we're taught to be guarded and not emotionally available. And, you know, that's weakness. Whereas, you know, when we open up and we let people in, we share what's going on with us. It might not change the situation at all, but it certainly changes the way I feel about it. Yeah. And I think that's where my higher power is, is in that group. It is, it is in the group. It's all of it. And that, and then I feel connected. What is a higher power, but being connected to the world. And I've spent my life feeling before AA and sometimes in AA feeling Mm -hmm. disconnected. Mm -hmm. And it is in the, the way that the program works. It knits me in with other people and makes me part of the world again. 
And then I care about the world. And then I care about other people. <laughs> I even care about you. Oh, <laughs> I feel so special. <laughs> oh, man, it's amazing. What a telephone call. Boy, it's just like lifted me up. And that's the thing that I think that so many of us, I know that I certainly didn't get early on. You know, I don't want to call you. I don't want to disturb you. I don't want to be a bother. And yet the person that you're calling gets lifted up. I get something out of it when someone calls me. I heard some, I don't remember who it was now, telling their story at the podium a long time ago. Don't take away the gift of the giving from the giver. <laughs> something, something like that. And the thing is making that phone call, you know, let that person choose whether or not they've got time to answer the phone. If they've got time to answer the phone, they'll answer it. If they don't, they won't. And then call another number. Yeah, nowadays it's really good because he was real apologetic. I, I'm sorry to call and this might not be a good time. So it's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't have answered if it wasn't a yeah. good time. Yeah. We got phones in our pockets for the most part. We are so available compared to when the phone was on the wall in the kitchen. Yeah. When someone calls me and we get to chat, I get something out of it. And I know the same thing with the people that I call. Yeah, absolutely. It lifted me up. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is. The Grapevine is looking for your story submissions. Midlife Sobriety. Stories are due April 15th, 2023. Share about some of the challenges you've had after 8, 10, 20 years sober. Have you ever nearly relapsed? Did you ever stop going to meetings or disconnect from AA? Have you ever been a dry drunk? How did you get back on track? What helped you may help someone else. Share your story by April 15, 2023 via aagrapevine.org slash share. Hey, it's Pete R., alcoholic, and uh, I got another joke. A guy walks out of the bar and calls his girlfriend. Honey, I'm headed home now on the freeway. A couple of minutes later, as he's driving, his girlfriend calls him back. Sweetie, be careful. It's all over the news. There's some maniac driving the wrong way on the freeway. Honey, tell me about it. There's hundreds of them. <laughs> it's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc., we don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.